guys welcome back this is our fourth episode of the survivors of addiction podcast i have to let you guys know this is mind-blowing that we got all the best feedback in the world in our first three episodes um, i'm here today with christy lashober as always hey there and of course as always stephanie mendenhall in the back producing us hey y'all and you guys today is i want to say it's going to be special for me because this is, we're trying to pinpoint exactly what are we recovering from. That's going to be the topic today. What are we recovering from? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to imagine you're raised up in a home where drugs and alcohol are an everyday thing, where your influences are not exactly where they should be, but that's how they were taught. You're growing up in a house. You're young, you're young before your teenage years. You're raised up with a mom and a dad who possibly drink frequently, who possibly smoke pot, who possibly does drugs behind closed doors. And you growing up thinking that's, that's the normal. That's how every house is. When in fact, that's not how it is. And I, I bring that up because that was in my home. Mm. And as I grew up, I thought that taking a sip of your dad's beer at nine years old was a normal thing and that it was okay. I thought everybody's house did that. And when I look back at it, I think to myself, you know, I don't think I would take away anything from it because of who I am today, but man, things could have went a lot different. Mm. So I bring this topic up today because through all the chaos, through all the dysfunction, through all the realism that was going on in my life at that time, and maybe you guys can relate, I'm out there, I just, I had a lot going on that where drugs and alcohol were literally the answer to what, where my addiction really stemmed from. Mm. And that's yeah. important for me. And that's why I wanted to hit on this topic today because, of course, you guys, we're all, we're all struggling from some type of addiction. But let's – studies have shown, things have been proven. Like, it goes so much deeper than just yes. taking a hit off the pipe, taking yeah. a drink off the bottle. There's something – that was the answer to our bullshit. Yeah. behind us, mm -hmm. you know? So today I wanted to talk a little bit about what are we recovering from? What is it exactly? Have you pinpointed it? Have you spotted it out in your life? Because if you have, then there's a chance that you can start your recovery today as well. Yes, and it's so interesting because when I'm hearing you, I have a little bit of guilt because I think, wow, I didn't grow up with having beer in my house or 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 no one was doing drugs or no one was drinking. So then I take it on as like, what was wrong with me? Why did I need to um, choose drugs and alcohol in order to live my life? Right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's the beauty of 
everybody's life. So like when I brought that up, like that, like I really want you guys to sit there and I want you to imagine your household, whatever your household may look like, like, and think like some people had that perfect upbringing. Perfect appearing. Appearing. Thank you. Yes. Had that, had that, that, you know, perfect Martha Stewart looking life, you know, like everything's okay, but I'm telling you right now, like, in, I'm, when I work with you, Christy, I get to see similar roads. Yes. But I see two different lives that yes. have led to our active addiction. The same spot. So it's like right. one's on one side of the road, one's on the other side of the road. And I think that's what's so amazing about being curious about other people instead of judgmental because right. that way we get to say – you know, I wonder what their life was like or, um, you know, because they have a different culture or grew up in a different home. That doesn't mean that they're different. We are so much the same. And people don't see it that way. Because they don't talk to each other. And they don't know. And they don't know. So that's where the education comes in, yes. right? That's where you have to be educated on, okay, so I'm going to talk about Brandon for a second. And strictly Brandon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not talking about Christy. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Okay, go. My life, I thought, was normal. Mm. I had a lot of shit happen to me throughout my life that was never dealt with. Mm. I had a lot of tragedy. I had a lot of mishaps. I had a lot of freaking downfalls, man, you know? Um, And as I sat and I was talking with you and Stephanie the other day and we're chopping it up about this and I'm starting to really reflect on what is Brandon in recovery from, it really stems from my childhood. Mm. You know, like I'm recovering from my mom's death and I'm 41. Right. You know, like, and I did, that happened in 84. Right. You know what I mean? I'm, um, you guys, some of this stuff might get real explicit, so I apologize, but I'm going to be real transparent. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to be real. The one thing you can guarantee about me is I ain't going to feed you with a bunch of shit. This is not a cupcake session. This is real. This is real life stuff. I even am suffering from molestation as a kid. Mm. You know what I mean? That I never, that I, I dealt with it a few years back, which is why I'm able to be in the position I'm in today. But like I was dealing with, I never dealt with that through my addiction. Mm. You know, I've lost lots of family members, you know, that as a kid, you don't know that death is a real thing. And like when people die, they don't come back. And nobody, and you know, in the 80s and early 90s, it wasn't real educated about how to deal with loss and grief and, and all these things. So when I got diagnosed with, ADHD, ADD, and ODD, guess what they did with Brandon in the late 80s? Pills. Oh, man. They stocked me up, bro. Yeah. And I was on, I think I discussed this on episode one or two. They put me on um, Ritalin. Hmm. Two comp, two composition compounds away from methamphetamine. It's methamphetamine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a safe drug to put, yeah. to put youth on. And I found a numbing within it. Hmm. I found a numbing within it because now my brain wasn't focused on what was. It's focused on everything else around me because I'm focused on it. I'm focused. So so was that numbing something that gave you some peace or did I, it help you not think about what's it, it going just, on? It, it, just was, it was a literal numb. Numb. Yeah. It was a literal numb. So all this stuff that I was supposed to deal with as a child, right, from five years old on to who, however old, 16 or whatever, I never dealt with. 
But how do you deal with that as a child, especially if you're raised in a home, which most of people are, with parents that are just trying to do the best that they can? And so if you're someone that needs, you know, to process things and they're not processing, how does that happen? So we're lucky enough today to be partnering with organizations that have understood that for years now, and they get to the root of the situation with that youth. When we were kids, that wasn't a thing. I don't even know if it was a thought. You know what I mean? Probably not. not, (laughs) I don't think it was. Because they had other things going on in the world, but it's like, look where it took this one person, this one individual, Brandon Orr, this one guy Mm -hmm. who was a kid who never got help for the tragedies that had happened throughout my life, you know? And it wasn't until I was about 16, 17 years old until somebody finally sat down and talked with me about it. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Mm. I was still a dumb kid. I still listened to gangster music and Mm. I still was out there trying to sell drugs, you know, like I wasn't trying to hear it. But I believe that if somebody would have got to me earlier Mm. and sat with me and actually helped me to understand my superpower instead of numbing it, which is my ADHD, instead of numbing it and putting it all away, what had happened was, (laughs) is... It bottled up from yeah. about six, seven years old, all the way to about 16, 17. It never got dealt with. And it was like they put a Mentos in a Coke and shook it up. Because <laughs> when I exploded, I went all over the place. You know what? And the judge that um, I'm friends with is she always talks about that. She's like, if I could have just got to those young people when right? they were in elementary school, it would be so different. And she says a little piece of her heart breaks off every time because if I could just get to them as little <laughs> kids. And so you're the perfect example of that. And I'm and I'm a good example in Absolutely. a different way of that. So it's like if we can just look at our children that are so smart and so aware and so wise and so resilient to help them process the stuff that they need to. And and I love that you said that about superpower, because I'm finding that out myself. That's like all the things that I hid are actually my superpower. And that's why it's... I. I think that's why we do so well when people come to our office. Yes. Because we see their superpower quick. Right. And when we talk to them about it, it kind of brings it up like, we know you're smart or we can tell you're fill in the blank. And they have a little smirk on their face because they know it too, but it's always been hidden or or too much or not enough or or whatever it is. And, and, so. and, Right. I really love you, Christy. Oh, I really I love do. You like you, you hit it spot on, and and that's why I think it's important that we get to the kids first. Yes. Like in the organization that we have, just the most blessing to work for. It's like, yeah, we have to deal with people. Yes. In general, but if we can help them to realize it when they're young, then maybe they can help break that chain and that cycle of what ever's going on of course Mm. addiction but it could be grief it could be loss it could be mental health Mm. like these are real things that we get to nip in the bud today and that's why today is just so important and i'm like i was sitting at my house the other night and we're talking about we've got a list of great topics we could use in and out day and day and i'm looking at them all and i was sitting there thinking to myself i think i was watching a tv show or something and something clicked it's like dude brandon what are you recovering from? Mm. Like, okay, so drugs and alcohol, that's, that's the obvious, but what's the root of it? 
Yeah. But you, know, you know what? We don't want to talk about that sometimes because that brings up the hard stuff. You know, it has a connotation of fear, weak, right. um, shame. And that's why we're here today, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's mm-hmm. why we're here. We want to touch on the stuff that's just going to make you go, ah! you know, <laughs> when you're driving in your car, whatever you're doing, pull your rearview mirror down, look at yourself and ask, what are you really in recovery from? Yes. And maybe we can get to the root of it and even together. You know, I'm hoping that this podcast actually inspires somebody to look at themselves and yes. say, damn it. That's what it was. It wasn't just drugs and alcohol. It wasn't just, you know, like death is the, was the one for me. Mm. Like that was the one that all my family going away and like. And you've had a lot of it, Brandon. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing I learned today is that 10 out of 10 of us are going to die. So like as (laughs) uncomfortable as it is, it's Mm -hmm. just what it is. And I have to keep moving forward. Um, I I just, I want to be real careful. You know, I don't want to send this out and make it to where we're trying to touch buttons on somebody and make them have a bad reaction to what we're talking about. This is for positive. This is for good. This is to help you out as well. I want you to understand that we love you. I want you to understand that there is help out there for you. I want you to understand that I don't care where you're at. Somebody out there wants to talk to you and wants to help and wants to love you and push you right through this. That's why it's important to me. Yes, because no one is alone. We always think we're alone when we don't talk about it. I mean, it happens constantly. All the women in my circle, you know, we think we're alone. But then as soon as someone has the guts or someone's in enough pain or someone fell super hard and all their shit got exposed. And then it's a me too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Me too. That's one of the things in prison. People would write me letters about things they have done. And I was always shocked that it appeared that I was the only one. I was like my own private island going through my own stuff and never shared with anybody else. So it was a little bit irritating to know that other people were going through it. And I could have shared or probably had camaraderie with someone, but I I never talked about it and they never talked about it. And I think that's why it's such a big deal for me to... Um, share my own stuff so people know that they're not alone. And that's why we do what we do, Mm -hmm. you know. Before I move forward, because I feel like we just had a whole lot about Brandon, and I just, the inspiration you give me every day, I'd like to know, what do you take away from what you're in recovery from, Christy? If you you don't mind sharing with the crowd and the people and Malik and all that. You know what? We are all in recovery from so much. And as I was going through the list, I was thinking, um, for sure, people-pleasing. I grew up thinking that I had to please people. I grew up putting (laughs) myself second. You know, I grew up thinking that um, I was in charge of other people's emotions. I talked about being in the hospital as a kid, and so I'd see other people's pain. So I thought, it was my job to make them feel better. And I, I think coupled with my personality, I just did that well. So what happened is then I get detached from myself. So I do life according to how other people need me to be with them. But then in secret, I would be – I would take my, as, as you called, superpowers, but it would be for sideways or right. for um, – what's a good word? For uh, – It was inauthentic, Mm. and I wasn't in integrity. It wasn't organic. No, not at all. So then I was thinking, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing all this crazy stuff? But then now when I can use my superpowers for good and not try to hide the things that I thought um, that rubbed against other people, that um, my 
my courageousness or my adventurous or my risk-taking right. thing, yep. I can mm-hmm. do that now for good, and it's it's pretty phenomenal. You know, and you just said a few things there that kind of rushed into my brain. It's like we didn't get to be our, our organic selves as children, and today we get to be. It's because we've worked on ourselves. How many people do you think can be their organic, authentic self? <laughs> Don't ask me that. You know, when I was in prison, listen, <clears throat> it's crazy. When I was in prison, I actually got kicked out of the drug program because, and it says on the paperwork, inauthentic. And I was like, I don't even know what that word means. If I was authentic, I probably wouldn't be in prison, number one. Number two, I don't know what that means. And when people have the keys to let me out and they and they want me to be me, I'm like, well, tell me what to do. They're looking at me, well, be you. It's like, well, no, that is way too risky. Number one, I don't know who that is. <laughs> right. And number two, I'm not going to risk doing something new with someone that has the keys to let me out of prison. Right. Mm. Wow. What an eye-opener. And we yeah. kind of discussed that a while ago, you yeah. know, and I just feel like, I feel like as kids, children, um, we didn't have the, adv- personally, Brandon, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I didn't have the advantages of a lot of other children that were growing up, um, such as we didn't have a whole lot of money. We moved around a lot. My dad, you know, bless his heart, was a bartender. Like, we didn't have, and he was a single parent, you know, with two kids mm-hmm. that were pretty freaking rambunctious. I can picture you as a little kid. Yeah, it, don't. <laughs> just don't, because you just giggle all the time, and it's not worth it. Um, but it's like, we didn't get these advantages, and I looked at, like, I remember growing up and going to school and seeing kids have a lot more than me. Mm. And I always kind of wondered why that was, but I kind of just knew my role, and I kind of just kept my head down to just get to class, be the class clown, and go home. That's mm. what it, because being a class clown allowed me to hide all my bullshit. Yeah. It allowed me to not be organic. It allowed me not to be who I was. Mm. And I feel like nobody was ever, nobody had ever taken the time to say, hey, Brandon, What's let's figure, and let's figure out who the hell you are. Yeah. But nope. that would require somebody else to have to know who they are. Right. Which... <laughs> I'm pretty positive growing up, I had a lot of influences that absolutely knew who they were. I abso- really? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's they, wow. did, they didn't have, they didn't know how to teach. They didn't know how to show that it, affection wasn't in their DNA or whatever it is. And I apologize if I said that wrong, but it was, it's not what they had, you know? Like, so I look back, what am I recovering from? I'm looking back as you're talking, I'm thinking, damn, like I was the oldest boy out of two boys and I was treated like number two. Mm. When you were talking, I started thinking about that. I was like, man, I had to compete with my little brother who was like the star child. I love him with all my heart. But like that broke me down a bit. Mm. You know, like I had to try to be somebody I wasn't. So did that mean that you were doing things that were maybe inauthentic or to get attention? So no, then, that, you nailed it on the second yeah. one. It was to get attention. attention. It's, it's all it was. Like yeah. everything I did was to get attention. My little brother was a stud, dude. Like mm. my little brother did things right. Me, yeah. I didn't. So I tried to perform better than him and it never worked out right because wow. I would end up getting in trouble. <laughs> I would end up doing something stupid along the way. You know what I mean? Or that I would do so something like dumb and I would blame him. You know what I mean? Like, but, Wait, did you blame your brother? On oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, no. Travis, if you listen to this, my bad, bro. But, oh. I mean, we know what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like, the root of it all is what are we recovering from? Mm. Like, what is it exactly? People, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, like, you're not alone. Mm-mm. You're not alone. Um, we get, you know, we, we're... The world is more educated today, better educated today, 
because of the knowledge we have today versus what it lacked back then. Yeah. In fact, um, I never, I don't know if I even said the word shame prior to going to prison. Because there was a book that someone wanted me to read. It was a Brene Brown book, and it was called uh, The Art of Imperfection. And she talked about shame. And I remember thinking, I said, that lady, she, she doesn't even, no one knows who I am. I have no shame. That's like the opposite of what I have. Right. I thought, that's ridiculous. And I opened the book, and like the first two sentences, I'm bawling like a baby. I closed the book up, and I thought, Literally, I thought, am I going to be able to come back from this? That's how deeply it touched. But no one really talked about shame. That was not a word 10 years ago. So where do you think ago. shame landed with your addiction? Um, I think it landed in a place that who I was, all the parts of me that maybe were different than other people right. around me. Okay. Um, I wasn't comfortable with. They, it wasn't a nurtured, my adventurous, my risk-taking, my live-on-the-edge um, was, I think, I, I thought that that was a bad thing for me to have. Okay. And I had to be secret about it. So do you think it landed with your addiction to push that shame down and away? Yes. Okay, okay. Perfect. And yeah, and then I could utilize it when I'm if I'm doing drugs or high right. or party, and then I then it didn't matter. What yeah, because when thought. we got high, shame went out the window. Yeah, exactly. When you until you're sober or until you sober up, and then the shame just gets bigger yeah, and bigger. Yeah, and bigger. D- depending on the drug, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, like I can agree with that. Like when when like I because I grew up with shame. You know, I, I there were some things that I'd rather not speak about on this podcast that happened that that were for me and me only for my yeah. growth. That like. When I got high, let's like say methamphetamine, you know, like when I got high on meth, it would like I would get high for a couple of days. And then when I'd come down, it took like my hope, my oh. happy. It took my desire, my drive, my want for anything to go away. It literally like was soul snatching, yes. you know, and like when I was high, all that shit went out the window. I didn't yeah. really care about all that. That's not what Brandon was thinking about. But when you come down. Yeah. Oh, the emotions come a flooding, and you're crying, and you're not under, you don't understand what's going on. It's a little dysfunction. It doesn't feel um, like everything's rolling like it's supposed to. Well, I think because in your heart, I know for me in my heart, I knew this was not who I was. Right. I knew that I had so much more to offer. Wow. Wow, that blows my mind. Yeah. You know why? Because mm-hmm. I felt the exact opposite. I felt really? like when I I felt like when I got high, that's exactly who I was supposed to be. Now, wow. mind you, mind you, there is no excuse giving on this program here. Right. But from a young age, they put me on Ritalin. Mm-hmm. So that's what my thought process was of what is supposed to feel good. Mm. That was my Ah, I feel better. Give me that pill. Well, then it progressed into meth and then it progressed into other stuff. But with the methamphetamine addiction that I had for 20 some years, like I thought that's how I was supposed to feel. Mm. I didn't know until my last time that I was locked up in Jackson County Jail how to even feel my feelings or respect my feelings. And it was that moment. That was the aha moment that Brandon was like, okay, Brandon, Brandon's your... What's my problem? Brandon's my problem. I need to change what? Brandon. Mm. 
Yes. And now, and I started realizing, man, that's not, and then I started feeling feelings and I started respecting my feelings and I started to try to understand why I was having these feelings. Like, I remember two weeks in jail, like I'm watching a puppy commercial and I'm crying (laughs) in front of dudes that are looking at life. I'm like, what are you doing, Brandon? Why are you crying right now? Like, my emotions were real and I actually let them embody me and I let them actually take over and take control and it was so uncomfortable and it was so not it I freaking hated it Mm. I hated it but once I got that 30 day mark Mm. and I started like trying to really feel out my body and who Brandon is that's when I realized that's not how I was supposed to feel and I think that that is the crux of what needs to happen for people to get sober and to live a happy life or joyful life because once I knew that all my emotions were okay. Right. I understand that part when when you said you started to feel emotions because I always thought how I feel is only okay if I'm feeling happy. Mm. But like a maybe a sad or lonely that's was not I don't know why I started thinking this, but I thought it was an inappropriate feeling because I need to change it. I have the capability to change it, just have this drink or have this drug. So why why would I want to sit in those feelings? And then I, I don't know if I thought something, you know, was wrong with me or what, but I just knew that I thought that I always had to feel just good was my wow. only option. And so wow. now, you know, now that we get to, you know, my sponsor always talks about we get There's to. There's that get to. Yeah, we get to feel because mm-hmm. and it you know it's a crazy it in my 50s to understand that if i if i don't feel the sadness or if i don't feel you know lonely or pain or a little trauma then that means i can't feel real deep joy and i think that's why i'm always so freaking happy and joyful because i get to feel all the other feelings too and i i'm not used to all these feelings I'm not used to them at all. So the joy that I have that I get to have, you know, just a flood of feelings, it it took a while to get there. Right. But we have to send the message that those feelings are okay. They're all okay. And they're they're legit. They're legit. They're legit feelings. And you can't have just good feelings and not the bad feelings. Because we're not going to go through a feeling and go, oh, that's weird. Like, you're not going to watch— something sad and start laughing that's just not how the human body works right. unless you're a sicko but like you know that's just <laughs> not how the human body works like you're feeling those feelings for a reason yes you know it, it really get to know those feelings get to inter- introduce yourself to those feelings get to know why you're feeling those you know those are so important but and i think that they bring on triggers from from youth because if you're sad and someone says why are you crying it's like i don't I'm yeah, crying. No, yeah. So it's so the message you get is bad. So or and, and 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 you know that's where the work comes in. Yeah. You know, that's where the self-work comes in. So I want to ask you, Christy, hmm. just so we can be real specific, and then I'll give you my answer as well. Okay. What is it that you're recovering from? Wow. Um I think I would say my biggest thing is I'm recovering from being small. I'm recovering from putting myself last. I'm recovering from um, keeping my voice um, quiet, mm-hmm. so that I so I don't feel like it's selfish to put myself up front. I don't feel like it's selfish to um, to use my superpower of how I was uniquely made in order to connect to other people. Does that make sense? Hundred percent for okay, me. Good. For me, it did. For me, it totally did. And I want to say thank you for uh, 
sharing that with us mm, and you. being vulnerable on here with me because it's not easy to be vulnerable. It's easier when I have you with me to do mm. this. So the— What about you? I mean, because we could say lots of things about yeah, know, divorce. The one, the lots, one it but, is, you know, I've been through divorce and I'm happily married yeah. now. So that's not it. It's loss, grief. <sighs> yeah. I think I'm recovering from the fact that I couldn't understand why I had to go through all this loss and how to numb it and put it all away. Mm-hmm. Now I get to actually, you know, like, you know, um, my little brother died a couple months ago and I was able to walk through those feelings with a lot of the trainings I've been through a lot of this the work I've done with myself through my higher power I have a killer support system so like that made me realize that like before that would have happened like when my aunt Mindy died I went right to meth Mm. like when somebody would die I would turn right to drugs it would be a no-brainer it would almost be like the red light excuse like oh yeah. Stop everything you're doing. Go get high. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But this time I went through two tragic deaths in my family, um, 10 days apart, and I stayed through them clean and sober. Yeah, so it's amazing. like when I look back at my life, thank you. Um, when I look back at my life, I think I'm recovering from loss and grief because yes. I was able to walk through it this time with my head held high. I mean, can you imagine? I try to think if something were to happen to my sister. Oh, man, I love <laughs> oh, your sister. Oh, gosh. I mean— no matter how much sobriety I have and the support that I have, it takes something deep and wide and a love for yourself mm-hmm. in order to walk through that with your head held high. Also, Brandon, I think it takes the fact that you are connected to so many people. Right. So many people look to you as an inspiration from someone that was on the streets to now is sober. And I don't know. Let me ask you this. Do you think it would you would be letting people down if you like if you were on your own private island maybe? So that's a really good question. First, I would like to touch on something you just said that I love myself today. Yeah. I want to touch on that before I answer that question. Like, yes, I absolutely I trust myself. Not just love, yes, I trust point. myself today. You have to have that in order to walk through scary things. Right. right? No, okay. you do. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question. You trust yourself. I love that. I don't. Of course, I worry about letting people down. That's I'm a human being. Yes. But push comes to shove. I've learned at the end of the day, I only have me. Yes. You know, so it's like, I'm not worried about letting y'all down. I'm worried about letting me down. That's if if we could all get to that place. Right. Like I've worked hard on this shit. And like. We've got people that come in the office all the time and say, dude, if Brandon Orr can get clean. Yeah, that's why I you. Asked know what I mean? So it's like I feel like it's a letting myself down more than y'all or more than my, my, my father or my brother or my cousin Will or whoever, you know, like – or even some of my best I – don't, I don't worry about that as much as I worry about letting myself down. Because so good. Like I said back, back when I think it was two or three, whatever one it was, like I did a lot of work on myself in prison and I made a lot of promises to myself. And I don't want to devalue the fact that we're all recovering from something. Yes. You know, like I think it's important that we all recognize it. And I just, you know, I, I think we I think we took that one home. Mm-hmm. I think we did a good number about what are you and I, Christy and Brandon, recovering from. And I think that we're able to open up people's eyes to have them realize maybe they're recovering from something besides drugs and alcohol. So yeah. I want to I give you guys a little takeaway today. Um, I want you to think— whether you're in recovery from addiction or not, I want you to take time and recognize what's going on in your life. 
I want you to think and ask yourself, what opportunities are there for growth and change in your life and what you can do better to make your recovery yours and really try to think about what am I recovering from? What is it exactly? Because drugs and alcohol, like I said, those are just the answer to what we're recovering from. Yeah, and I think it's so important for us to start by sharing with one person. Right. Because that's when we get the aha moments. We may think about it, but but when we are sharing with someone, hearing their story and sharing a little bit about yourself, that's when the heart can open up a little bit and more stuff are revealed so that you can start to heal and grow in a safe place. Right. I love that. Man, you guys, I just love this show Woo. so much, and I think we're going to make so much headway, you guys. I just want to say again, you guys, thank you guys so much for the great comments. Thank you for being our inspiration yes. and allowing us to be your inspiration. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Malik out there. I heard you're <laughs> listening to the program. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, and we're going to put out a lot more. You guys, next month's going to be real special, too. We've got something that— I don't think a lot of people take a look at. And what does recovery look like? Mm. But isn't that an obvious statement? Absolutely not. And, I, okay. and we're going to get into that it's because it's so much more than dressing nice and going to meetings. There is so much more to what recovery looks like. And it's different to the individual. Yes. It's not going to look the same for me as it does for you. Right. Or anybody else that we know in recovery. It's always a little different. So – And I love the heart. Can I just say real quick? I love the heart of people that maybe aren't in addiction, maybe a family member's in addiction, but we're, like you had said in the beginning, we're all recovering from something. So be curious about another person in order to kind of um, heal a little bit about yourself. Right, right. That's what connects us. 100%. Yes. And how do we know we're in recovery? Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I might as well just let that sit there and simmer for a little while in the pot, let that boil <laughs> let over. Let me think and get, about that yeah, for a minute. <laughs> because that's, that's going to rip apart good because, you know, everybody's opinion is different. And I've set, spoke this yeah. two or three times on this program. This is strictly our opinion. Yeah. These are not facts. Right. These are things that Christy and I believe in solely or we wouldn't be here discussing them with you. And I think these are topics when I listen around I haven't heard before. Yeah. So, well, it's a vulnerability piece to talk about what's going on in your own heart, regardless of how anybody else is talking around. Right. You. That's hard to do. So the topic was, what are you recovering from? Right. And Stephanie, hello. I would like you to just <laughs> go ahead and um, give us the definition of recovery, please. Yeah. So I'm one of those people that even though I think I know what the definition is, I just like to hear what Webster's has to say. The or old one of those funkin' Wagnalls. <laughs> yeah, right. So I looked it up and it says recovery is the regaining of or possibility of regaining something lost or taken away. Bum, wow. bum, bum. Yeah. We think see a that. lot of people who have lost so much because of their addiction. And we just want to see people reclaim their lives. And, and get well. Get well and live. Yeah. Like live. I say that all the time. And give it away when you get it. Yes, that's the best part. You know, so you guys, we really appreciate you guys being with us today. Um, And I have a quote. Dang right, you do. (laughs) He has a quote. I love quotes. I just want to let you guys know like, this is something that only dreams can be made of. Yeah. And I want to let you know right now, if like, 
I'm going to go ahead and well, this is kind of what recovery looks like to me, you guys. So <laughs> wow. enjoy as we go. Sneak so peek, Sneak no. peek. All right, Christy, will you read us your beautiful quote, please, and thank you? Okay, this is from Richard Rohr, and he says, If we don't transform pain, we will most assuredly transmit it. So if we don't transform ourselves, grow within ourselves, we're going to transmit it to other people. Bro, that fit perfect for today. Yes. Thank you so You're much welcome, because Brandon. you got it. You stop yeah. transmitting the pain. Yeah, and deal with it. We're responsible for ourselves, no That's matter it. what happened to us or what we thought as children or a young oh, man, adults. I just thought of a whole new topic. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> love is always the answer. Yes, love it, wins. It it one hundred percent is without love, love for yourself. Without love and hope, I wouldn't be here today, you guys. Yes. We just want to say thank you. Um, if you guys please like, share, comment. Let us know. Um, we're always up to any type of, um, I don't want to use the word criticism, but what's the word? Feedback. Feedback. <laughs> Positive Ooh, feedback. I said criticism and I got hot down my back. <laughs> now nah, bring the criticism on if you have it. I'd love to bring it on, you guys. This is, a, this is, this is so we can get our, get our opinions out there, you guys. We appreciate you guys so much. Stay tuned for next month. Wait, we- Brandon, I want to say one thing. <laughs> Sorry, I stopped you in the middle, but I just want to say thank you. <laughs> I just, I just want to say thank you for being so transparent. I really appreciate that. That's why I love you. That's why I love working with you. That's why there's so many people doing well that we get to interact with. And it just, you know, we can look at politics. I know this is going sideways, but I know you said you were not into pol- politics lately and it's gotten you a lot more peace. And I think we can look at all that and we could get angry or frustrated or we can look to the people that we're around, see who's being transparent, sharing scary things, knowing that nothing's our fault, you know, as kids. And then it just opens the hearts of other people. So I love that about you. And I just want to thank you. Sorry to interrupt. I really love you, Christy. Thank you so much. It kind of goes back to the what are we recovering from? It's because, like, if you can't be transparent, if you can't be vulnerable, if you can't open up, you're never going to find that peace inside when you can recover. And it's mm-hmm. so important that you can identify that and that you can work through those with somebody you trust because, man, if you don't get to the root of it, it's just going to grow and explode, dude. Yes. So you got to cut it off at the root. Thank yep. you so much, Christy. Mm-hmm. I love you so much. Dang it. My, 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 my little, little heartstrings and stuff right here, you I guys. I like to do that sometimes. Get All right, you guys. This is Stephanie Mendenhall. I'm the executive director and founder of a nonprofit called Reclaiming Lives in whoop, Medford, whoop. Oregon. And the producer of this amazing podcast. I'm really honored to sit in a room with these two people every month and talk about the amazing work they've done on themselves and where they're at today. And I just love how they lead by example and love everyone who walks through our doors and the people listening. We're on Spotify, Google, CastBox, Apple, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. And if you would like, share, comment, that would really help us out a lot. Um, As you know, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Brandon and Christy and are not those of our board or any of our sponsors. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to episode five next month on what does recovery look like? Right on. Bum, bum, bum. Love you guys. Be safe. Put yourself first. Thanks for listening.